Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that's just okay. I'm your host, Steven, and today I want to talk about the new Fantastic Four. No, this is not a new title that Marvel has coming out or is currently producing. This goes back to the 90s. I talked about the first issue in this three-issue run back in March, March 23rd to be exact, episode number 92 of the show. And what this is, is during the run of Fantastic Four, starting with issue 347 and then continuing on for 348 and 349, Walt Simonson was writing the book. And I think on many issues, he was actually penciling as well. But during this three-issue arc, he was only writing and they brought in a different artist to tell this really fun story where they kind of replaced the Fantastic Four with a new Fantastic Four made up of Spider-Man, the Hulk, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine. Now, this is the Gray Hulk. If you were reading back in the 90s during Peter David's monumental run, the Hulk at one point merged, um, the Hulk at one point turned gray. And he stayed, he didn't change back and forth between the Hulk and Bruce Banner. He just stayed the Gray Hulk. He wasn't as strong as the Green Hulk. He was still pretty freaking strong. He was still Hulk strong. And he had kind of a, bad attitude, personality type of guy. They called him Joe Fix-It. And he went to work in Las Vegas for a while as a bruiser for a, a mob guy who ran a casino. And then the Ghost Rider is the Danny Ketch Ghost Rider. But anyway, we talked about issue 347 back in March. So if you want to go find that episode 92, I'll have a link in the show notes. But today we're talking about episode 348. Now, this was written by Walt Simonson. As I said, the penciler was Art Adams. He had a penciling assistant on this issue, a Gracine Tanaka. Inks were done by both Art Tibbert and Al Milgram. The colorist was Steve Bucoletto. And the letterer was Bill Oakley. This issue is entitled, Where Monsters Dwell, or is it Where Creatures Roam? And this came out in January of 1991. Now, 
Let me just kind of remind everybody what happened in the previous issue. A scroll spaceship, a woman, a, a female scroll crash lands on Earth. There's another spaceship full of scrolls chasing her. She shows up at Four Freedoms Plaza and disguising herself as various members of the Fantastic Four methodically takes each one of the team members out. Now, during this time in the Fantastic Four run, Ben Grimm is human. He's no longer the thing. There's a woman that he had met when he was out doing the uh, super-powered professional wrestling, which if you ever get a chance to read those issues of the thing, that was kind of fun. People would get super power, like super strength from this guy called the Power Broker. And they had started this freaking wrestling federation just made up of super-powered individuals, just super-strong folks. If you've ever heard of the guy D-Man, uh, he came from this era. And so did this this woman. She... I think she called herself Ms. Marvel or Marvel Girl or something like that. She was basically just a big, strong woman, and her and Ben Grimm hit it off. But at some point before this three-issue run, she is turned into a female thing where Ben is changed back into a human. So she's the thing from the Fantastic Four. The, the other members are the same, Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, but we have this woman now as the thing. Well, this female scroll, whose name is Delilah, she comes in and she takes them all out. And then she sends out, she finds this, uh, reads some of Reed Richards' technology and sends out this message type thing and, and draws Spider-Man and the Hulk and Wolverine and Ghost Rider to Four Freedoms Plaza. She, being a shape-shifting scroll, changes herself into Sue Storm. She tells them that while she was out shopping, somebody came in and killed the rest of the team. And she shows them all what is supposed to be their dead bodies, but they're just, basically they are, they're in a state that's like death, but they're, they're not actually dead. So the, these, these four, these four guys, Spider-Man and the Hulk and Wolverine and Ghost Rider, they're all very upset about this. They want revenge on the person who murdered the Fantastic Four, Marvel's first family. In the meantime, these scrolls, this scroll ship, they, they land on Monster Island and they use the monsters. They find out that the monsters share a slight bit of DNA with them. Their DNA is kind of set up kind of like the scrolls. So they can use these darts, these mind controlling darts to control the monsters. And so they shoot these darts into all the monsters on Monster Island and they send them out across the world with these sensors to, to find Delilah. And so Sue Storm is telling our new heroes there. She's like, look, there's monsters all over the place. Don't worry about that. There's other superheroes. There's the Avengers and whatnot that can handle that. You have to go find the person who killed the Fantastic Four. They're also the ones that sent these monsters out all over the world. You have to go find that person and stop them. And she gives them a some kind of censoring equipment and a the Fantastic Four, one of their Fantastic Car type vehicles. It's like a, a air cycle, motorcycle in the air, and they take off. So in this issue, they're following the signal from this sensor, and they're slightly fighting amongst themselves. Mainly it's coming from the Hulk. Like I said, the Gray Hulk has kind of a bad attitude. He's kind of a jerk, and so he's always snapping back at the other three and not really so much toward Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider is pretty... uh. He's a pretty melancholy kind of dude, really. I mean, his sole purpose is he's the spirit of vengeance. So the only time he's really talking to people is if he's out there throwing down some vengeance on somebody. Otherwise, he stays fairly quiet. And it was kind of silly seeing the four of them in this motorcycle type thing 
with these two sidecars and in one sidecar was Wolverine and the other sidecar was Ghost Rider. He looked really out of place. The rest of them fit for some reason. They fit. It was fine having them flying in this vehicle. But Ghost Rider, on the other hand, just looked completely out of place. And that was probably intentional. But as they're making their way toward wherever they're going, all they know is they've got a signal and it's thousands of miles away. Wolverine's sidecar has a monitor in it, and he's watching all this this news footage of these monsters. And I think it's Ghost Rider who actually says, well, I haven't actually seen any evidence other than what's on your monitor. We've been traveling for hundreds of miles, and I don't, I haven't seen any monsters. And Spider-Man's like, well, look up, because there's one right now. And there's this giant winged monster on top of an airplane above them. Hulk is like, yeah, way to wake up, guys. I've been looking at this thing for like five minutes as we've been approaching it, and you're just now seeing it? You guys suck. Well, the Hulk then leaps off of the bike and goes and starts beating up on this monster. He's really happy. He is so happy that this monster is there because he really wants to kick some butt. He just, that's just what he's down for. So he leaps down there to the, to the monster and they start fighting. Spider-Man is incredulous. How, what is he doing? We're supposed to be on this mission. Well, and Wolverine says, you know what? He's got the right idea. You need to get down there too. I'll drive. Spider-Man's like, what are you talking about? And Ghost Rider says, look, he's right. Get down there. The plane is falling apart. You're the only one that can put it back together. Now, in the meantime, back at Four Freedoms Plaza, our scroll, who is still in the shape of Susan Storm, she's on Reed's computer. She's looking for something. She's trying to search for something that is on the planet Earth somewhere, and she can't find it. And she knows that the technology is there that can help her find it, but it's kind of more advanced than what she's used to. And she figures she'll find it eventually, but it's going to take a long time. And so she goes to wake up Reed. But before she does, she takes the other members of the Fantastic Four, including Ben and Alicia Masters, who apparently is now dating Johnny Storm. That blows my mind. She ties them all up in such a fashion that if any of them try to get free, they'll strangle the others. And she throws them into an elevator and she sends the elevator down to the, the very, very bottom sub-basement level so nobody will find them. And then she wakes up Reed and she says, look, I've got the rest of the members of the Fantastic Four and I will kill them if you don't do what I say. And don't think about stretching because I took that ability away from you. And he's like, ah, well, I guess I don't have any other choice. I'll help you. And she tells him that what she's looking for is a thing that it, she calls it an egg. It's like an egg. It's a sphere. And it's called the inorganic technotroid or it. She doesn't really say what it is, but Reed has to help her find it. And we don't know why. So Reed is using the computer to scour through all these news feeds. And she's she's just giving him kind of, you know, giving him crap. And at one point she goes, you know, it's too bad that you caught on to the fact that I wasn't your wife so soon. Because had you not discovered me so quickly, we could have a little fun. You're kind of a handsome guy. And Reed's like, whatever, lady. But in his mind, he's thinking, you know, she looks just like Sue. So naturally, I find her quite beautiful because physically she looks just like Sue. But there's something else about her that I find quite exciting. And I'm like, Reed, good Lord, buddy. Think with your brain, okay? Think with your brain. Let's try to get out of this. Let's not think about how much you want to get with this woman because she looks like your wife, but she's a little more exciting than your wife. That's uh, That made me shake my head. Way to, way to go, Reed. Way to go. 
So he finds what she's looking for based on an article in the National Enquirer. Some folks in the Catskills saw a flying saucer crash to Earth. It was carried off by a Bigfoot who went into a cave. But then there was an earthquake with a rock slide. It covered the cave and nobody's been able to get in or out since. So they get on another one of their vehicles and they fly off to go see if they can get into this tunnel and find this egg. In the meantime, back on Monster Island, the Mole Man, he's the he's like the lord of Monster Island. He is he's the guy that hangs out with all the monsters. He has all these weird yellow moleoid things, these little guys that are his little lackeys that are basically his little monster minions. And then he controls, I don't know if he controls all the monsters, but they are to him at this point they are like his family, his children. And he looks out for them. So when these scrolls land on his island, shoot his monsters full of darts and send them off into the world to start wreaking havoc, he's pretty upset about that and he wants to get to the bottom of it. So he is spying on the ship from a ways away. He doesn't recognize the ship. He at first assumes that it's Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four, but he doesn't recognize the ship as being one of theirs. And then a scroll comes walking around from behind the ship or he comes out from within the ship. I don't know, but suddenly he's standing there next to the ship and he's cleaning something off the bottom of his boot like he just stepped in some monster poop or something. And this scroll, it's so, none of the other scrolls dress like this, but this particular scroll, it's like Art Adams said, I have to make this scroll extremely 90s looking because we're in the 90s now and I have to make him look like a 90s scroll. And he does that by putting big armored shoulder pads on him. I think he's got shoulder pads. What I remember the most, have being away from the comic right now, are his boots. They are these giant metal boots that are like a foot and a half to two feet in diameter. They're just freaking huge. And they only did that in the 90s. I couldn't even imagine walking around in these boots. You'd have to walk spread eagle all the time. Otherwise, they'd be clunking into each other. You'd look like a guy who just got off of a horse, who spent his whole life on a horse, walking all bow-legged because of these giant circular freaking boots. And I just found it quite funny because none of the other scrolls are dressed like this. They're dressed in regular scroll attire. And I do want to say real quick, Art Adams just goes out of his way. First of all, if you're not familiar with Art Adams, you need to look up his art because he is an amazing, an amazing artist. Unfortunately, to reach that level of detail and beauty that is in his art, he's not as fast. That's probably why he had a penciling assistant on this issue. It's also why he doesn't normally do a regular series. He cannot do a monthly book. He spends most of his time doing covers and maybe doing the occasional miniseries that maybe he can do ahead of time and have ready. But he goes out of his way to make each one of these scrolls. There's like six or seven of them, and they all look distinctly different. Back in this in this time, well, more in the 80s and before, a lot of the scrolls were drawn the same. They just look like the same guy. But these these six or seven scrolls, they all look completely different. They're not and not even just their body types, because there's like a big muscular one and there's a short one and there's a skinny one and there's a fat one. But even their faces, there's a couple of them that have the same body type, but their faces are just completely different. And it's amazing. It's amazing how he does that. And he takes the time to do that and then can remember 
from panel to panel or page to page how each of these individual scrolls look. I have to assume that's why he's ta- he takes so long. I have to assume that he designed each one of these individual scrolls. He said, okay, there's going to be seven of them, or I don't remember how many, and he designed each one, and he probably gave them names, and he probably had you know a little book next to him with all this in it and his sketches and everything. And it's just, it's amazing how much work he obviously put into this book. It is, it is gorgeous. But anyway, so the mole man is spying on them. He sees the scroll. He doesn't recognize it immediately as a scroll. I don't know if, if scrolls are something that most people on earth know about at this point. We know that, of course, the Fantastic Four know about them and many of the heroes do, but the mole man just refers to this scroll as alien. Obviously to him, it's an alien creature. And so he sets his The remaining monsters that are still on Monster Island, he has at least one there. He sets it upon the ship. And what it does is it goes underneath, underground, burrows underneath it, and it drops down into a cavern through the, through the Earth's crust. Now, when this happens, something about this happening causes whatever control the scrolls had over these monsters. It just severs that tie. So when, our new Fantastic Four team is fighting this monster up on this plane. The Hulk is punching it and he's getting really frustrated because he says it's like punching rubber. It does nothing to this creature. And suddenly the creature just stiffens, shakes its head and then flies away. It's like it wakes up from something and it flies away. But at the same time, the energy that they were following through this scanner goes away. So obviously the energy pattern that they were following was whatever the scrolls were using to control these creatures. And when the monster on Monster Island grabbed the ship from below and brought it down into the cavern, it severed that control, that whatever energy beam was out there in the atmosphere and the world in the air, it got, it, it got cut off. So this, this winged monster creature just heads for home. It's like, okay, I'm no longer being controlled. What do I do? I'm going to go home. And so the new Fantastic Four, our heroes, they're, they're like, well, we can't, we don't have this energy reading anymore, but the monster is flying in the direction we were going in the first place. Let's follow it. And they follow it into the Bermuda Triangle, which is where Monster Island is. They land on Monster Island. They go down into the cavern. They go down. They find the big hole in the ground that the ship fell into, and they go down in there. And they find the monster, and it's the monster that was in that, I I think, the first issue of Fantastic Four. You know, the iconic cover with the monster coming out of the ground that Kirby drew and all the Fantastic Four are are fighting it. And I think John Byrne did did an homage to that cover as well. And many people have done homages to that cover. But this is the monster from that issue, from that cover. Well, in the meantime, Sue, well, scroll Sue and Reed find the cave entrance that has been sealed over by the rockfall. And this thing that she uses, that she had used in the previous issue to knock out everybody, all the members of the Fantastic Four, it's like this little thing she had on her, on her, on a, on a ring on her finger. She somehow does an adjustment to it and it just wipes away this rock slide that's covering this cave entrance and they fly into the cave. So back to our new Fantastic Four fighting this monster. They then discover that it's not just them and the monster down there. They they find the scrolls and the, the mole man and all the moloids. And the mole man is like, ha ha, heroes, I'm going to I'm going to beat you up. And Spider-Man says, I'm going to use a little bit of diplomacy here. And he talks to the mole man and they all find out that really the bad guys here are these scrolls. And then even more than that, whoever this person they're after, we know it's Delilah. She's the ultimate bad guy. Well, at that moment, 
the tunnel that Reed and Delilah had flown into on their little rocket cycle thing was obviously connected to Monster Island because they come flying into this cavern and they're like, there she is. That's obviously Delilah. And Hulk's like, I'll take her out. And Reed jumps down from the cycle and he stands between Delilah, who still is in the form of Sue Richards. He stands between her and the Hulk and he says, no way, don't you touch her. If you try to, I'll kill you. And the Hulk's like, that's fine because I'm going to kill you because obviously you're not Reed Richards because he's dead back at the Fantastic Four building. And then that's how it ends. This is such a good, I just loved these three issues so much. First of all, you had Art Adams on it. Secondly, I was I was never really a huge Fantastic Four fan. So I don't really remember reading a lot of Fantastic Four. I've gone back and read over the years, most of the John Byrne run. But I don't think I was collecting Fantastic Four at the time this came out. I feel like I just ran into one of these issues on the stand and I said, look at that freaking cover. That's not the Fantastic Four. That's the Hulk and Wolverine and Spider-Man and Ghost Rider. And I was reading the Hulk and I was reading Ghost Rider and I loved Wolverine. And I was probably reading Spider-Man at the time because it was probably Todd McFarlane maybe around this time on Spider-Man. Maybe Eric Larson. I don't know if they had left yet at this point. I can't remember what year they left and went to Image. That's not important right now. But the book is just gorgeous. The story is fun. I mean, it's just off the walls, crazy fun, scrolls, monsters, mole man, moloids. And again, you've got a team up of these four heroes that you wouldn't ever consider seeing them team up. I mean, it's, they've got the Ghost Rider on their team. And it's a whole lot of fun. And it's so, oh my gosh, it looks so good. And again, it's just so much fun. And frankly, you don't, you really don't need to know what's going on in the world of Marvel Comics or even what's going on in the world of Fantastic Four just to read these three issues because it's not about that. Like I said, they have a woman who is now the thing. Alicia Masters is with Johnny instead of Ben. Johnny is in love with Nebula, who is from Guardians of the Galaxy. She's Gamora's sister, the daughter of Thanos, the blue lady. He is in love with her. She looks completely different at the time. But not once while I was reading this did I go, well, how did this woman become the thing and be on the team? Why is, how, how did it come to pass that Alicia Masters is now going out with Johnny instead of Ben? Why, what, what, when did they meet Nebula? What's going on? No, there was not one time during this book that I thought, okay, I am not, I am totally out of this story because I don't understand what's going on. I'm lost. You don't need to know any of that stuff. It's there. They give you little bits of it so you know it's there. But other than that, it's it's not, it doesn't matter. What matters is Spider-Man, Ghost Rider, Wolverine, and the Hulk. Team up, fight monsters, gonna fight some scrolls, and who knows what's gonna happen in the third issue because I don't remember. But I'm looking forward to reading it. Until then, however, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Just Another Fanboy is a Stephen or Else production. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about all the comics and such I don't have time to talk about here. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me at Twitter and Instagram by searching for at 
Stephen or else. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.